Hello, welcome to the First Issue Club Podcast. It's now December, it's Christmas season, and we're talking comics, just like we do each and every week. We cover the first issues, we read them together, we review them with you, and we have a good-ass time doing it. So thanks so much for joining us. We're going to be covering some cool number ones that came out over Thanksgiving week. Those books are Power Pack on Marvel and Kaiju Score, the S is a dollar sign, on Aftershock. Who do we have in the studio of the moon today? Just me and you, brother. It's a twofer. It's a twosome. Mike D. And Budget King. Hey. Two guys in a studio talking comics on a Black Friday is when we're recording. Exactly right. Deals back and forth. We actually waited to record because I thought I was going to get some deals on some comic art. Yeah. I didn't find any. I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. What's the difference this year between Black Friday and Cyber Monday if everybody's doing it all online now? It's a great point. The answer's nothing? Yeah, no, no, nothing. No deals, just marketing gimmicks. I guess Cyber Monday is typically more tech-focused. Oh. Okay. Oh, now you see, you're going to buy yourself some earpods. It's kind of all the same at this point. I've Black Friday turned from one day into like a week-long thing. Yeah, exactly. We uh, were hunting some deals. <laughs> Soon it's just going to be a holiday shopping season. People are going to call. People are going to call Halloween to Christmas Black Friday. Soon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you don't go into stores, it's just deals start after Halloween. Right. <laughs> uh, we uh, we went to TKO. We saw that Scouts doing something. There's going to be deals all week, I imagine. Yeah. Mid- Midtown's go- losing their d- goddamn mind. Midtown's got some good set. What seventy five percent off decent variants. Okay. I picked up a couple. That's good. You get like $25 variants for like seven bucks. Yeah. The The only problem with Midtown is you can't find a damn thing on their website. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Their site's bad. They don't care. I think they just have a warehouse and they're like, list the book. Yeah. And then spend no money on actually being able to search things. Mm-hmm. People want these so bad, they'll do the work for us. <laughs> they're our web designer. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, the user. <laughs> Um, yeah, we typically as a club go pretty crazy during this week getting all the trades or different things that we didn't get over the year. Mm-hmm. And uh, you should too. But don't buy from Amazon. That's a big news hit. Yeah. I think... Uh, Here, Here's my thing though. Uh, Comixology is, Am- so, is Amazon and it's so cheap right now. Yeah. Like if you can either pay $15 for trades or like four dollars for trades during black friday and comiXology here's why i don't hate comiXology as much Mm -hmm. as amazon the unlimited pass gives you um access to like all of their originals Mm -hmm. and they had some really good um books this year come out on originals yeah including the chip sadarsky book that won an eisner afterlift yeah uh, so don't sleep on Comixology's originals. Yeah, they've got some good ones. Mm-hmm. They yeah. dropped they dropped a couple this week too. Yeah, I saw that. I haven't read them yet. Yeah, I'll go read them. Mm-hmm. So we both have an unlimited account. I canceled mine a while back. Okay, I have mine. Yep. Yeah. So I'll just use yours, and we'll scheme Amazon that way. <laughs> yeah, publicly. Hey, Amazon, we're scheming you. <laughs> I share a bunch of Spotify accounts and Netflix. Come at me. Come at Badgie King. He's sharing digital shit. <laughs> Got a target on my back now. 
<laughs> I only had one uh, topic for this week, and it was kind of a continuation of what we talked about last week. Dan Slot stepped in it again. He stepped in the doo He's having a really bad holiday season. Last week we got on him for how he handled people being pissed about Franklin Richards. Yeah. The Fantastic Four storyline. Well, it's a whole thing. Go back and listen to that episode if you missed it. Well, in any case, there's this popular documentary series um, that people are loving, Marvel 616 on HBO Max. Each episode is like a celebrity narrating a documentary about some aspect of Marvel, be it, you know, women creators throughout Marvel history or um, writing the Marvel way using the Marvel method, which is kind of the episode where this controversy comes out of. Um, popularly, um, Jack Kirby and Stan Lee used to work together by, you know, Stan Lee giving a, a very general gist of where he wanted the story to go. And then your artists at Marvel would draw the comics and then they would write the dialogue to the comics afterwards. Yes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't think is a good method. <laughs> no, it's so backwards, right? Um, and Your favorite comic, Inkblot, does that. Yeah, right. It seems like something that people will do is like um, an homage. Yeah. Or they'll just say that... Um, I, I I romanticized the way that those guys worked on comics. What would it be like right. just to do that as an exercise? Okay. Fine. Dan Slott still works that way. He, now, let me say, he's one of my favorite comic book writers. Yeah. Despite all of the, you know, bad press he's been kind of getting this past month, I always loved... Uh, the Spider-Man run he did. I loved the She-Hulk run he did. Did you like the Iron Man he recently did? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, up until Iron Man 2020, which I thought was like a little too convoluted for me, mm -hmm. Marvel history-wise. And that's actually what this part of Marvel 616 is based on. Oh. Was that he had a really hard time figuring out where he wanted that storyline to go. And... um couldn't get information to the artist quick enough, which then essentially put it in the artist's hand to like meet this crazy deadline without much of a real script or direction. And then he's adding his word bubbles afterwards, right? And so it started... <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it started a little bit of a um, Twitter storm slash coming out party of everyone who'd been like wronged at Marvel in some like creative deadline way. And there's a lot of artists who say like, I, you know, lettered a comic in the delivery room while my wife was in labor. I was given um, 11 pages to illustrate and the deadline was the next day. Oh, and it just made it sound like that there's been a lot of writers, editors, higher-ups at Marvel who have maybe abused their power of position and put some of the other people responsible for having to create and do a, a lot of heavy lifting in the comic books um, under really awful deadlines. 
Because, I mean, it, very seldom do they just say, oh, this book didn't make it this week. Oh, yeah, right. I mean, there's, that's, that's something you find in Independence a lot, that they'll just say, like, our, our publishing schedule's off a month, right? Oh, I'm, yeah. sh- I'm sure they try to keep to it as much as they can, but a lot of that creator-owned stuff, you're like, I've got no one to blame but myself. <laughs> or I want the comic to be as good as I want it to be. Right. Because I'm the boss. Red Redneck issue 14 comes out uh, next year. When I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when it's written, it'll come out. Yeah. Um, not, Which makes it so hard to like read. So I do appreciate, Marvel understands the business aspect of it. Right. But that's not fair to the little guy. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah, especially when you think about events and tie-ins and things, like all the, that's that's one of the toughest things about having a universe of comics is that the release schedule has to be so concrete. Mm-hmm. Canceling yeah. books becomes a nightmare, yada, yada. Um, the, in, in Dan Slott's defense, a couple people have come out and said they feel like that was dramatized for TV a little bit. Um, they worked with him in the past. That's kind of just like, Sometimes comic books are like that, just like any other job, but uh, just not an- another week that's just not a good look for, for Marvel <laughs> and Dan Slott. Yeah. Ho- hopefully we all have a better 2021, including you, Dan. Right. Yep. I hope it gets better for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. You watch that show yet? No, I haven't had a chance to see it. I'm really excited to, though. Yeah, me too. I think I still have an HBO max account we did the trial to like watch something yeah. hey hey you know what on a little bit of a callback to earlier in the news hit you could also have my hbo i'll cancel mine right now Log in if you want i'm the i'm the santa claus of digital uh subscriptions here's here's my problem though not to throw my buddy tj under the bus or anything <laughs> but i share my hulu do you password with him yeah and now my entire hulu is like Street Sharks and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Animaniacs. You know he can make a profile, though, on Hulu for his name, I think. What does that mean? Like, in Netflix, that's how they solve that, is, like, you can have a handful of profiles, so then all oh. of all of your viewing preferences are cataloged in your profile. I should do that with him. Because mm-hmm. now I can't find anything I want to watch, because <laughs> it's all, like, cartoon recommendations. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's the way to go. And then you could put on uh, age restrictions on him if you don't want him watching dirty shit. <laughs> here's the thing too that happens is that maybe we'll watch the same show oh and then you'll be weird we, yeah and this, then and then he'll be like two episodes ahead of me and then i'll accidentally start watching episode eight when i'm on episode four so this is a thing on hbo that i've heard and i've seen on twitter streams or, mm-hmm. or whatever is like maybe it's because of shared accounts i don't know what it is but routinely people will start a show and it will play the finale of that season and seemingly like as if you pressed the first episode mm-hmm. and kind of famously the game of thrones episode wow of season one which is a you know is kind of a i don't know if you you didn't watch the show but it's it's insane so a lot of people had like the show ruined for them just by like this glitch that hbo mm-hmm. had or whatever that happened to me on amazon prime with the uh tick Oh. It started the finale when Ugh. I went to watch it. It ain't, doesn't affect Budget King because he's spoiler proof, but for the vast majority of <laughs> listeners to this podcast and yourself, you probably had a bad mm-hmm. bad time. 
you don't look forward to or, or take pleasure in, in anything anymore. So, I like So spoilers don't matter. I like knowing things. Yeah. I mean, some people are immune to COVID. I'm immune to spoilers. If I had my pick between the two, people seem to be more upset about spoilers. So I'm glad I picked that one. <laughs> okay. And that reminds us mm-hmm. the time is now to spoil this podcast started. <laughs> First up, we have Power Pack, the Marvel comic. And I just, I paused there for a minute because I just wanted to say, you maybe saw Power Pack, you saw that it said Outlawed, and you saw that there was kids on the front, and you skipped over it, or whatever. Maybe you had a busy Thanksgiving week, the Wednesday before thir- before Thanksgiving. You messed up. You, you march your ass right back in that comic book shop. You pick up this book, and you're going to have a good-ass time, and you're going to hear about that right now wow you're in i liked it okay the creative team we have here is ryan north from the unbeatable squirrel girl Mm -hmm. amazing run and then nico leone from agents of atlas which um was also great artwork so that's right great team here what a team what a team um so power pack is back yep and if you don't know about power pack they were the first preteen uh superhero bunch from marvel is that right? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to give you a bunch of facts about Power Pack, but okay. that one's free. Hey. Tax-free, too. Oh, I don't have to work for it. Great. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to declare it. Okay. It's all there for you. Am I getting quizzed on the other facts? Some of them might be quiz-worthy. All right. <laughs> what a, it's always fun with you. <laughs> what, a, what a treat it's for a, me. It's a grab bag with me, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so first, preteen. Uh, what are they called? Teen. <laughs> preteen team. Yeah, when you have multiple superheroes together, and this is something we get into sometimes, <laughs> it's called a team. Yes, mm-hmm. team. Uh, and they're back, and they're now in the uh, event of Outlawed, which, Mike, remind our listeners, what, what is Outlawed? Outlawed is a Marvel event taking place across several Marvel titles wherein they've essentially outlawed teenagers from having superhero secret identities which i kind of agree with i don't know that someone under 18 or 21 i think i think it's under 21 should be able to like be a vigilante and fight crime that's kind of not safe so they uh, can't drive a car they shouldn't be able to shoot energy (laughs) blasts into the air yeah right so this a cheekily named like uh organization called cradle which stands for Oh my god, I can't. It's kid, like child ki- kids restricting adolescent uh nah, you can d- stop. Delinquency. First of all, kids doesn't start with uh C. It doesn't start with C. So, man, you're, you're you're off from the bat. Um but yeah, that's like the shield of like enforcing um this new law. Yeah. It I actually think it's a very simple event to get to grasp. Yeah. It's fun, and it's bringing in a lot of other fun titles. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how many under twenty one superheroes Marvel had. Yeah, so it's uh it's it's cool. And so here we bring in Power Pack. Right. 
Power Pack is not new to the Marvel Universe. Yeah, you said Power Pack is back a couple times. Let's let's get some background on that. Sure. Where where did they go? <laughs> where are they from? Well, that's that's let's start with that one. Okay. They uh fight in New York in this episode, not originally from New York. Is that right? Yes. They're from the state of Virginia. You knew it. Mhm. Okay, that my mind's blown. Yeah. How did you know that? I did my own power pack research. I'm a prepared podcast co-host. Virginia. If we have anybody from Virginia listening, you this is your team. You'll probably all have power pack tattoos. Yeah, I would agree. Great the Great Lakes superheroes, they got their own. There was a point in time wherein um I can't remember her name. What's the Julie? Yes. Was invited to join the Rainbow Flyer. The yeah, Rainbow Flyer. She flies <laughs> and has a rainbow trailer. Yes. So 80s. <laughs> So, so that's what, one of the things I loved about this was that it just had this 80s spiritual vibe to the whole thing. Yes. Their outfits are like 80s unitards. Oh, yeah. They it's... look right out of a kid's cartoon from that era. And, okay, so uh, this leads me into my next thing, mm-hmm. I guess, which isn't really a quiz. Like an 80s show, because it was specifically geared to kids, right? It did the thing that like Family Matters and Full House and Step by Step kind of did. Just turned into an after school special. Where yeah, where they tried <laughs> to have like a moment to tell you about this mm-hmm. problem and like have you think about it. Right. So common issues that Power Pack would deal with would be like teen homelessness, mm-hmm. um, gun violence, very eighties. Yes. Childhood problems. Um, what exact year did they get launched? 1984. Correct. Power Pack is as old as Budget King. That's hey! How, that's how I remember it. How about that? Yep. Uh, okay, do you know about the writer, the first author of this, the kind of weird situation that happened here? When I saw her name, I was like, oh, man, Marvel royalty. Well, Marvel and DC. Yes, yes. And I, you might be about to say the same thing I knew that you I'm were, thinking. I, I knew you were going to know this, mm-hmm. and so I'm so glad I brought this up. Yes. Co-creator of characters like Cable, mm-hmm. Apocalypse, and on the DC side, Steel and uh, Doomsday. Yes. Which is funny or makes sense maybe that the creator of Doomsday and Apocalypse is the same, <laughs> the same person. Same person. <laughs> but famously, mostly known for being an editor. Is that right? I didn't know that. And it wasn't in the 80s and early 90s. Editors were encouraged to write. Okay. And contribute. Yeah. And Power Pack was the first iteration of adding to that, be like creating a, a team. Okay, cool. For, I don't know. So, editor was like, I have to write something. I might as well write like, I don't know. It, I don't know. For yeah. teens that'll help the youth. I was zero at the time, so I don't know if it was encouraged or required, Mm -hmm. but... (laughs) Oh, so, yeah, this is just off-the-dome knowledge you have from being uh, three months old. Yes, yeah, Aware of Marvel and... and Yeah, just witnessing the the world. The (laughs) logistics of their offices in the 80s. Yes. A, uh... (laughs) You know, when you're Uh, born in a time... (laughs) Turkey hangover is real, man. Um, okay, very, uh, a famous person we've been talking about a lot recently has, uh, dipped their toe in the power pack. Do you know who that is? I don't. I'm going to guess Dan Slot just because he came up earlier. Oh, fictional. 
person has dipped their toes into been been sometimes is part of power pack franklin richards correct this happened in my 20s i think i remember there okay. was like a mini series yeah of power pack with franklin richards they came back for like a very short stint yes and they, they've come back a handful of times have they okay. yeah so like in 2000 2007 house of m house of m really had avengers 3 has them really okay i've always been like peripherally aware of them but they never were like they never seemed so crucial to a storyline for me to like really really know them well and i think that that's really what they are is they're mm-hmm. like they are the like preteen fighters Okay. So it's like that's they were always representing like below 15. I guess mm-hmm. 12-year-old and things like that. Yeah. So um my last uh quiz for you is can you name three other teams that members were on of theirs? So like if they dip into another team. Oh, if they dip into another team. Um I f- oh god, this is a great question. Was were any of them in Excalibur? Um, no, that's actually, I would have either, I would, I would have accepted X Factor. That's not part of my three. Okay. They just recently appeared in an X Factor. All right. Um, alternate universe, but no, not Excalibur. Not Excalibur. I'm just thinking of like other pop, like, like Excalibur was really popular in like the 80s, yes. 90s. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So I was just like, maybe that. But is Excalibur not kind of typically British though, right? It is. Yeah. It is. Gosh, no clue. Future Foundation, FF. Future Foundation, okay. Um, Makes sense. Franklin Richards connection. Yeah. A little stint in New Mutants. Oh, really? Okay, cool. That's a young group of mutants. Yeah. Yep. And then um, one of them, I don't remember which, was in New Warriors for a minute. New Warriors. That's right. The Gravity Kid. Okay. Was yeah. in New Warriors. Nobody, I'll tell you this. Nobody, Adam. Nobody, you, I guess. I was about to say, nobody remembers their actual names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we can get into the story hey. of what this comic book is about. We did it. Um, Power Pack, I think one of the defining things about them, mm-hmm. besides being preteen, is that their parents are not aware of their abilities. So they are hiding them from them. Yep. And this leads to a lot of narrative arcs. Wherein one of the main things is here is that the issue starts off with Katie, the youngest, mm-hmm. um, who power is energy balls, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is made a comic to tell her parents that they have superpowers mm-hmm. on their anniversary. Older kids say, no, 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 that ain't gonna happen. That intro of her doing the comic drawn was magnifique, beautiful. Oh, it was great. That was really cute, too. Yeah. It was such a good way to introduce you to like, hey, here's who they are. Yep. And, like, really drawn well from the perspective of a kid, or written well from the perspective of a kid. Yeah. So what you're referring to is that when you open the comic, the first few pages are, like, written as a child has written a comic. You're, like, literally reading the comic she wrote for her parents. Yes. Yeah. But the narrative device completely explains to you without, like... A little bit of background of the characters. Enough working knowledge to just say, okay, now I'm on board. Yeah. Now I know who these people are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, another thing that they have to do to hide that they're fighting crime is uh, pretend to take a shit so big that they blew up a toilet <laughs> and then have to go walk it off because of the embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> I love it because if you're, if you're 
four kids <laughs> who are superheroes, and you got to sneak around behind your parents' backs to fight crime. Uh, you're you're going to run out of excuses pretty quick. So clogging the toilets, maybe, yeah, you're getting creative. Mm-hmm. Parents mentioned it wasn't the first time that it happened, so I guess I'd used that excuse before. <laughs> Man, our kids in their dumps. Um, so I guess th- this is technically a um, an event book, but it also seems like a standalone re-up. Yeah. One of the reasons why is that they aged them up. This is the most dramatically age-up. That the, That's what I kept on saying, the power pack is back. Yeah. This is a little bit of an age-up in that the oldest is actually at... At least, at least job holding age, but still under twenty one. They made a comment in the book too that he was artificially aged by an alien or something. Oh, so there was, they're trying to make some continuity work, I think, because initially it must have been that they were all closer to the same age, but for for a comic book, when you're looking at like. Four little kids for them to all be the same age gets a little clunky and confusing, I think, especially for new audiences to differentiate them. So I kind of like that they made one kid, you know, drastically older. This isn't the first time they've done this. Though. I think Julie not? Julie skipped a couple grades because uh, she was so smart. <laughs> oh, so, okay. Like it put her in like a different, like I think like fifth grade when she may have s- supposedly been in third grade or right. whatever. So, yeah. They've used that methodology before. Mentally, they're actually at the age of blah, blah, blah. Do you think anyone's bigger power pack experts than us by now? <laughs> I mean, no one's ever been more prepared for a conversation than the two of us. You know what I love is that we didn't talk about this either. We no. just both were like, let's, let's... Let's become experts on power pack before this conversation and just say facts to each other. Yes. <laughs> Forget talking about the actual comic. Let's just say facts about power pack. Facts about power pack. <laughs> Another fact for you. Oh, it just never stops. (laughs) Two facts, actually. Barrage me. In the 90s, they said, um, let's adult this up a little bit. This is what reminded me of that. Okay. Didn't go so well. Lasted about six issues. Fans said, no, 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 no. Sure, I get that. They had to retcon it with a holiday special and be like, sorry. When we tried to do that and make it more adulty, that's not actually the direction (laughs) of this. So they got to be careful. I would say so. I guess you fall in love with the characters and the whole essence of them is that they're kids. Um, anything that progresses a story too quick and doesn't like earn it yeah. is a little frustrating. Final fact. Do you know in 1991 they actually shot and aired a pilot of the Power Pack? No. But I mean, this stuff reads like it was written to be a cartoon. Yeah. Um, it never made it past the pilot, although maybe there were episodes shot. Uh-huh. It only aired in like Saturday morning cartoon occasionally. It was a cartoon, correct? Sorry. It was, no, it was live action. It was live action. Yeah. Okay, how would you even do live action show of this? <laughs> I don't know. I want to see that pilot so bad though. I, I bet we could find it on YouTube. I have to find it. Yeah. Kay. Yeah. Um, so that's, uh, I mean, we mostly talked about facts. The reason why we talked about facts. Well, is I mean, there. Yeah, I mean, the we you read the premise, and that's what it is. This is a reintroduction to the power pack yep. in the best way possible. They're even fighting their most famous villain, Boogeyman. Boogeyman because he comes after kids. Yes, he needs. He to, like eats children. He needs to eat them. Yeah. So uh, they fight uh, Boogeyman and uh, kick his ass. Yeah, and then Cradle comes in 
and essentially launches what's going to the, the whole narrative is going to be like now they're in the outlawed universe and how are they going to deal with that? Yep. Which is a great way to deal with this power back because I think that we, that's what you want to see them do mm-hmm. is tackle something bigger. Yep. I hope they reveal to their parents that they're super. I think we, we talked about most of their superpowers. We talked about the kid who controls gravity. Mm-hmm. Kid who flies and let, leaves a rainbow trail behind her. Very uh, easy to find her. Yes. Can't sneak around too much when you fly and leave a rainbow trail. Uh, She's also queer. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, the little girl who throws energy balls. I love this aspect of the character that she has to transfer energy. Yes. She needs to turn something into energy. So she like destroys mass and then can shoot balls of power. So she like seems her, like the most powerful body like eats a dumpster and then she throws her power balls. Much like a baby snake, which is the most poisonous, the youngest child. Wow. More facts. <laughs> More <laughs> power packed with facts. Oh my gosh. Um, and then the last kid, Cloud Boy, can change his density. Yes. So he can either be Mass Master. Is Mass Master his like superhero name? <laughs> it's... God, that's dorky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, you think about it, if this was like a kids like teaching about like physics and things, yeah, that it makes sense that gravity, energy transference, etc., would be like part of their powers. Um, but he's interesting because he can turn into like. A bullet so dense that he can really hurt somebody. There's also, he can turn into like a cloud because he can spread his molecules out so far. They made a funny joke or they acknowledged the whole like Ant-Man thing from Infinity Wars where people were like, why couldn't Ant-Man shrink himself down, get in Thanos' butt and blow him up? Yeah. Um, the Mass Master in this one is like, why don't I just get tiny and then expand inside of him, blow and, blow him and up, blow him up, and they were like, "We don't kill." <laughs> so they like immediately addressed that like conundrum there. And then he was like, "I don't know if it would kill him. It seems like he could <laughs> he could kind of blob out. It just might really hurt him." <laughs> this felt like Unbeatable Squirrel Girl in all the best ways. Yeah, and I loved that series. Yeah, and so this is, I mean, great book. I feel like I'm. I'm the only thing I'm. My only complaint is that I don't want it to end just with Outlaw. Yeah, I I think it's a limited series. Yeah, is the vibe I got. Power Pack doesn't have a lot of legs to carry its own series. Seems like it need they need to break the kids apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh well. Yeah. Anyway, good little uh, book. Pick it up if you're uh, if a Marvelhead. Yeah, or gloomy in the holidays. Mm-hmm. Either one. This is your Xanax <laughs> for your Christmas blues. Now we have kaiju dollar sign score or kaiju score, depending on how you want to say this. No, no, no. Let me correct you. If you can't say kaiju dollar sign score, you oh. can say kaiju dollar sign core. Got it. Okay, you're right. Because yes. the dollar sign and the core together are supposed to look like score. Correct. Sorry. Yes. So uh, audio-wise, we need to say kaiju dollar sign core. What do you mean audio-wise? Well, because visually it looks like an S. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. D- 
different means of conveyance. Yes. Correct. And in, in it being kaiju dollar sign core, is it like hardcore or like Yeah, core? money core. Yeah, money core. That's money. my favorite genre of comics. <laughs> money core. Money core comics. Perfect. This uh, The creative team here is James Patrick and Rem Brew. Rem mm. Brew has not done a lot, but murdered this comic book. Oh, his art style is very cool. Wonderful, yes. Yep. Reminiscent of uh, Chew a little bit. I Totally, I can see that. Stylized characters and kind of their own like dimensions and stuff. Not yep. necessarily proportionate to like real, but looks amazing. Very stylized. Yes. Um, this is a, uh, a score, a caper, mm-hmm. a crime. Uh, they're going to do a grift, right? How many different ways can you think of <laughs> saying crime? I did it. I did a lot. You, do, you rattled off so many in like one sentence. Um, and, uh, you don't need to search for any more. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You're was, off the hook. I, I was going to try. We but, get it. Okay. Uh, but it's a bunch of losers. Yeah. Grade A losers. Most mm-hmm. of the comic book is about how much of a loser they all are. Yep. They suck. Okay. They're... Yeah, you're right. So we're putting together like an Ocean's Eleven sort of team yeah. out of rejects who have like bunked jobs before yes so we, we're missing the whole big thing about this yes this is a score but the big thing is <laughs> otherwise known as a caper grift <laughs> theft uh-huh. <laughs> um lift <laughs> lift yeah um this is a world where godzilla could attack any at any moment and be a natural disaster and so the, the therein lies the kaiju godzilla be, meaning any kaiju i guess yeah right kaiju is another word for a godzilla type monster they treat kaiju attacks much like you would treat like a hurricane being inbound yes like we've detected one Similar. 100 miles off the shore this might There's be like, like a in warning. this might be in the pacific rim universe that's right. a, it's exactly how they kind of deal with is it is it okay yeah. i never saw pacific rim two of them great movies okay. highly recommend all right um, except for there's no mechs in this that that we've seen no yet. no mechs and so the big thing is that where they're going to steal a bit priceless artwork they're going to do it during a kaiju attack right so that's what makes this comic book different than um, any other ocean's heist. 11 caper robbery <laughs> crime book yes exactly uh-huh. <laughs> wow we, we're good with words mm-hmm. that's why we do radio yeah yeah um so I, I mean i i will say this i thought i was gonna read a kaiju book and then i read a crime book and i had to i had to like readjust gears a little bit yeah and being like wait what what okay 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 i liked what i got i typically am not much of a fan of stuff that relies wholly on there's a big monster and it's destroying things Mm -hmm. like the fact that a monster who can't speak a recognizable language was was not the main character of this i was like thank god that happens so much, right? Yeah. I don't yeah. get why like I don't get why people like kaiju stuff so much when it's so much of it is all redundant. But this this was like uh combining the two things, like a caper story with a kaiju story gave me something surprisingly fresh that I really liked. Normally if you just say, We're jamming two genres together, that doesn't always mean that you're making something cool and original and interesting but here it was to me anyway totally i've read a lot of uh you know burglary raid holdups pilfering uh stories Mm -hmm. oh you love pilfering (laughs) stuff (laughs) 
You know what he loves? Oh, is it about pilfering? He's going to love it. When your wife calls me to see what she should get you for your birthday, I say, anything about pilfering that he's been interested in? He just loves that. Just, you know, siphoning off. Uh... Mm, siphoning, yeah. <laughs> um, but when you add this mix, I, it is great. You know, it's... I. I feel personally attacked because I am the person who likes big monster shit. Uh-huh. And it's more of a feeling, an emotional reaction. I think people who like Power Rangers, people who like Evangelion, people who like... Um, it's like a nostalgia God- kick. Godzilla thing. Yes, and I think it's a little bit of a love for Japanese or Asian culture as well. Sure. Um, and the aesthetics of it. And so I, I agree, but it is the same retelling of the story. What are we going to do? The world could end. Giant monster crushing everything. Rampage, the video game. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that game. <laughs> also a movie, I think, with The Rock. Yeah. Um, so this is the episode where we just name shit that's similar to other words that Two we're saying. weird segments <laughs> of list of facts and then just synonyms and <laughs> similar things being named. Um, I mean, you, you liked it. I, I liked it. Um, I just don't know. Like, I think that this is a book that comes out on an independent uh-huh. this week. And, like, it it's a tough entry point, but, yeah. like, certainly really fun. Oh, it's worth your time. Yeah. And I think they they treated the element of adding, like, how do we make this different? Uh-huh. One of the best I've seen. Yeah. Like, it's a light smattering of kaiju. And the world is baked enough, but doesn't take itself too seriously, that it like totally worked for me. The characters of play are interesting. The guy who bankrolled the thing is like, if you fuck this up, you know what's going to happen. And then they show a bunch of people hanging in a meat locker. Yes. So I'm like, okay, cool. There's some real fucked up stakes here. Yeah. So I enjoyed that. I also liked, we, we mentioned already, the Safe Crackers got an interesting backstory, as does... Like the, By the way, the getaway driver has like a really cool thing where he's just been like had insane bad luck. So people in the crime community start to joke that uh, you can't bring him on your score because your engine's <laughs> going to fall out of your car. Yeah, there's just a series of, of badness that's a, a dark cloud, if you will, mm-hmm. around them. So there's a lot to see, like, how do they get this? How do they figure it out? Do they figure it out? Do they figure it out? Are they are they implying that they're going to ride upon the kaiju? I I know they're going to stay in its zone. That's what it is. Okay, yeah. So the deal is that when kaiju make landfall, they're docile in this universe. Like, they don't want to just knock over buildings for the fuck of it. They want to, like, come up, sunbathe, etc. Maybe go eat a little bit. Right, and they don't uh, eat people or tear shit up unless they're provoked. So it sounds like they're going to try to provoke the thing to cause some disaster and destruction so they can um, have easier access to this bank vault. It's the, what I, it's what I would do if I were about to steal something. Yeah, provoke a kaiju. <laughs> you ever stolen something worth more than $10? No, I haven't. Neither have I. So I, we're both... This is an area we're not experts in. No, you're right. I don't know how you would do it. Do you need a distraction when you're actually stealing something, or do you just go for it? I bet it's kind of an Occam's Razor type of thing, where you just you grab the thing and you go. That's probably the best way to steal most things. I think so. 
Okay. Uh, we read two great books. We did. Soon. This was a great week for mm-hmm. first issues. It was fun. Yep. So I hope that uh, your holiday season is starting off right. Agree. Um, this has been the First Issue Club podcast. Mm-hmm. Our music is done by Primary Color Music. Right. And uh, we record in the moon. Yep. Caitlin and Greg will be joining us soon. Mm-hmm. And we hope that you enjoyed this podcast enough to rate and review us anywhere. Five stars. We would love it. We thank you so much for doing that. Go ahead and subscribe on Spotify if you haven't, even if you don't listen there. That helps us as it well. Um, any social media you want to get us at, hugely, we're invested in the social medias. And we have a Patreon where we put an episode almost uh, every other week or every week. We try to do it every week. Every week? Almost every I just don't want to promise something we don't deliver. It's almost every week. Yeah. And uh, tons of extra content. Like we talk about the coolest shit that you can't even imagine. Or maybe you do imagine it's there. We love you. We're in love with you.